but I'm still like relatively conscious of it. And I felt fine. And then on like I started getting some technically symptoms, but I thought I was at the Grand Canyon, so I thought they were dehydration. Like it just made total sense that that it aligned with the dehydration. But it was not dehydration, as it turns out. Um and and then there was some cold, like, and then um, some after that, some non-dehydration, like some uh, nose, runny nose stuff started happening. And I was like, well, this isn't dehydration. But I was like, okay, this is probably either allergies or if it's contagious, it's a cold. So I took, I took a COVID test thinking, oh, I'm just going to get it out of my mind. I'm just being paranoid. And like I said, it just popped, like, so hard. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of freaking out because um, I couldn't contact my parents, who I had been traveling with my dad, and I could not get a hold of him. And it was just, it was a mess, but it's fine. I'm in isolation now. Um, You know, again, I feel horrible for anybody I could have exposed. But, you know, I did the best I could, and it is the world that we live in. So, anyway, mm-hmm. onward to the so birthday. Now, yeah. Onto the birthday celebration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so, not like, normally in our bonus episode, we don't do our little catch-up thing, but, you know, I figure, okay, you should probably inform you guys, because, you know, it's a, bit, it's a little bit of, uh, of important news. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And so... Um, Jake and I will likely be recording a lot more in person uh, this summer, since I'm going to be spending time in um, our hometown where he lives, but it is just not the case right now, because I'm not about trying to give anybody that coronavirus, so exactly. that's not the kind of birthday present Jake wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll probably do something soon, though. Yeah, Together. yeah, for sure, in like a couple weeks or so. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyways, now that um, we have told our listeners that very fun story, yeah. I guess um, I should probably introduce what movie I picked for this year. So, yes, drumroll, please. So as you remember last year, I decided to pick Pokemon Detective Pikachu because I really like Pokemon and that was a really fun movie for the Pokemon fandom. But for this year, I decided to pick a more, um, I'm going to say traditionally animated not traditionally like hand drawn, but like an animated movie more so. Um, so yeah. this year I decided we should cover the Lego movie, which is so much fun. That is very fun. Um, so to get started, Kate, would you like some background on this film? I would love some background on this film because I really don't know anything about it other than like I watched it. But yes. Okay, so let's get into it. So background. So. The Lego Movie is a 2014 computer animated adventure comedy film. It first premiered in February 1st, 2014, at the Regency Village Theater, and it had its official worldwide release then February 7th, 2014. Um, it was directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who, if you know those names, those that's a pretty big duo in Hollywood. They work together a lot. They write, they direct, they produce. Um, examples of some of their other work is they created the adult animated sitcom Clone High, which is very actually a, a local cult classic in the animation community. Um, 
which recently just got announced they're making two. Which it recently just announced they're making two new seasons of it, which is crazy because it ended in 2003. But like, it ended in the sense that it got canceled. So like, the fact that they get to make two more seasons means they actually get to finish because it ended on a cliffhanger, which you know nobody likes. Yeah, nobody likes. So it's good to know that they're going to get to actually continue the story. Um, they also directed and wrote both of the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs films. You remember those? Oh my god. That just threw me back. Yeah, those were like, what, were we, were we in high school by that time? I think we were. Yeah, cause, oh yeah, because it was 2000. No, I don't think we were. No, because it was 2009, the first one. So no, we were not in high oh, school. Really? No, no, no. That was like late elementary, early middle school. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, because I didn't look at the year yet. This is all coming from Wikipedia, like all of our... I feel like I associate them with it being a little bit older, though, but maybe that's because that second one came out a little later. Yeah, because the second one came out in 2013. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, like I said, we were, taking this off of Wikipedia. Yes, we were uh, freshmen slash sophomores in high school in 2013. So that makes sense. Definitely. Um, they also directed... Uh, the movie 21 Jump Street, if you remember that one. Oh, God, I do. Actually, yeah. God, that's an interesting film. It is a very interesting film. They also directed the sequel, 22 Jump Street. Of course they did. Yes, they, um, uh, this is another big one. So, Phil Lord of the duo, he helped write Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which they both produced, though, but um, Phil Lord helped write it, and as you know, that's a really good movie. Um, get the whole gang on board like they did fantastic oh yeah with that movie and i loved how they used different art styles in that movie yes just so just overall so good yes um they also produced recent hit and they filmed the mitchells versus the machines on netflix that one's pretty good too interesting i haven't seen that one but cool yes and then they're both involved with writing and producing, but they're not directing the sequels to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is uh, Across the Spider-Verse and Beyond the Spider-Verse, which, um, friendly reminder, Across the Spider-Verse was going to come out this year, but then it got delayed to next year, so now I'm like, ah. Was it COVID? I think so, because I think originally it was going to come out the fall. Now it's coming out, I believe, spring of next year, but it's like... Oh, why? But yeah, that's kind of yeah. But yeah, that's also they also um they didn't direct, but they also wrote and produced the sequel to this movie, which is the Lego Movie Two, the second part. Yes, I have not seen it, but I I will have to now that I've seen this one. Yes, definitely. So yes, those are directors. So now let's talk about our cast because we got some pretty big names in this cast, as opposed to Movie Two, Dick Collins, and it's mostly Disney people. Honestly, it literally is always just Disney people. Yes. So, to begin, we have uh, one and only Chris Pratt as Emmett Brukowski. He is our protagonist. He is, um, you know, Chris Pratt is very well known for many things. Um, just to name a few, you know, he's Star Lord in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's I, I don't know his, I don't know his character's name, but he's in uh, Jurassic Jurassic World. Oh yeah. I, I, I know he's in Jurassic World, but for whatever reason, I just kept picturing Star-Lord in this. Right. Um, even though, very different character. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he's in Jurassic World. He is originally known for Parks and Recreation, that uh, show, which I know when it was announced he was going to play Star Wars, everyone's like, what? And then, and then he went to like the whatever magic workout they have at Marvel that turns you into that. Yeah, it turns you into that. Like everyone who gets hired at Marvel, they, they I don't know what they do, but they they do something, and they're suddenly like, "What?" Yeah, they have the magic workout. They're um, I I wouldn't be surprised. Like, well, never mind. I'm just gonna say say that they they very much focus on the physical aesthetic. I don't know. I I I'm actually low key. I have my personal training certification. I don't know how much that is actually healthy the way that they do it, but I'm not. Right. Sure, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty drastic, and, and like especially when like you see the actor when they're not currently filming a Marvel thing, they do look a little different body wise. So like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Marvel's doing any under the table stuff, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too shocked. But you know, we're not gonna we'll take that off the record. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that off. Like, we don't know, Marvel. We're not accusing Marvel of anything. Let me be clear. But there, some of those actors, just they're, the change is drastic. And sure. clearly, they're clearly very not sustainable. To me, the only concerning thing, and they probably have doctors and stuff for this, so again, not accusing anyone of anything, but um, it's just the alleged, like, timetables of it. Um I mean, clearly a lot of people change their body in non-sustainable ways. I mean, you see fitness and physique competitions, um, and and that's not sustainable, um, the kind of shape that those people get in for those competitions. But what, what really um, scares me a lot of the time with movies is the timeline and the time frame that they're on to get their body to a certain point. But alas, I'm not on the team, team of professionals for that, so who the heck knows? Yeah. So that's just our little two cents about that. Yes. All right. So that's our main character, Emmett. Uh, next up, we have Will Ferrell as Lord Business. He's our antagonist, our villain. Um, we have Elizabeth Banks as Wild Style. Um, she's one of the master builders. She's this. She's basically like the you know the cool girl archetype, pretty much. Yeah. And you know she's cool because she's got pillage streaks in her hair. <laughs> cool, very cool. Yes. Um, we have Will Arnett as one, a Batman. Yeah, Batman's in this movie. Yeah, yep, yes he is. Just straight up Batman. But it's more like, it's kind of more like a heightened version of Batman in the way that he's like playing it because as other movie versus Batman, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Offerman is metal beard. He's a pirate, and he's also another one of the master builders. We have Allison Bria, Princess Unikitty. Yeah, it's a cat with unicorn horn, um, but she's another master builder. And we have Charlie Day as Benny. That's the um, the 1980s astronaut guy. <laughs> he's really fun. Yeah. And uh. Next, we have Liam Neeson as bad cop, good cop, um, who is the second in command of Lord Business, which um, chases after Emmett, our protagonist. Yeah. And, yep. and then finally, really, we have Morgan Freeman as, I'm going to try my best, I know they said it a few times in the movie, but I'm still not quite sure, 
Vitruvius? Vitruvius? Yeah, I think it's Vitruvius, but I don't even remember, to be honest. They only say it a few times. Yes, yeah, so Vitruvius, he's the, he's a, he's a wizard, he's also, like, kind of the leader of the Master Builders, in a way. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, so, but along with them, we have a bunch of other people voicing cameos, like, we have Channing Tatum as Superman, Jonah Hill as Green Lantern, uh, Colby Smulders as Wonder Woman, and then, yeah, this movie, there's, there's a real, there's a point in this movie where we just get a bunch of cameos, and, yeah, they're not all listed voice-wise, but, you know, they're there, just because, you know, it's Lego, and if y'all know, you know, Lego pretty much has everything, has made everything into the Lego set. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You just have to visit that one, one Lego store to, to see. How much they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now, Kate, I believe it's time to play the fun little game we only get to play two times a year. Um. So the budget for this movie was between sixty and sixty-five million dollars. What do you think the box office was? <coughs> Sorry, the COVID. <laughs> Literally. Um. Let's see. Sixty and sixty-five million. I'm trying to think. It was pretty successful. Yeah, this did really good. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna double. I'm gonna say 120 million. All right, is that your final answer? Yeah, but it's probably very long, so I don't. Yeah, it did really, really well. Um, its box office is reported to be 40, 468.1 million dollars. Dang, yeah, that got way more. Mm, she did good. Real good. And because of that, we had not only the sequel, um, but we also had two plot, two spinoff movies. So the two spinoffs actually came before the sequel. The first, um, the two spinoffs actually both came in 2017. The first one being the Lego Batman movie, which it is what it says. It's just a Batman movie, but they're all Lego. It does, I think, follow a version of the Batman that we saw in this movie, but I don't think it's the exact same. Yeah. But it is still Will Arnett playing Batman. It's just this fun little. It's it's really fun, especially if you're like a really big Batman fan, because it's got nods and roots to every part of Batman's mythos, like movies, comics, TV shows, video games, everything. It's crazy. It's really good. Uh-huh. Um, and then the second spinoff was the Lego Ninjago movie. Which is actually based on the television series Ninjago Masters of Spin Jitsu, which is an original property that Lego made because eventually Lego started making their own properties, which is really interesting because, like, it's Lego, but then it's like an original story they came up with. Right, right. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and what's crazy about the show Ninjago, okay, so the show originally debuted in 2011. And get this, it's still going. Really? Yeah, there's. they apparently just released a new season, like, this month. That's awesome. Yeah, it's on 15 seasons now. I'm like, oh my god. Well, dang, good for Lego. Yeah, the only thing, though, is the Lego Ninjago movie, um, it really, <laughs> it doesn't connect to the show. Kind of like how, you know, how some decom. Disney Channel shows like a decom where it's like a continuation of the show. Um, the Lego Ninjago movie 
is not that. It's like a retelling of the story where it's like, it's the characters in the show, but they're set in like a different setting. And it's like a different story of how they came to be. And that's probably why, uh, unfortunately, the like, Jungle movie was considered a box office bomb. And that's probably partly why, because they didn't connect it to the show. And actually, it was just like, it was the show and name. Right. Mm-hmm. Make total sense. So, yeah. No. You know, expect one thing and get another. Yeah, because like, the show had been going on for a while by the time the movie came out. So, the fandom had pretty much been established. So, the fact that they were going to see the movie and it was actually just completely like retelling of the story, it's like, what is this? Right. Yeah. And then, of course, finally, um, there was the Lego movie 2, the second part, which only came out in 2019. That's one Dang. I feel like it didn't come out, like, I haven't seen it, but I feel like it was, it came out soon, like, later than that, but also I feel like 2020 screwed up how I view time, so. Yeah. Well, firstly, so this first one came out in 2014. So that's what, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's five years later when the fifth, second one came out. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, though, Lego Movie 2 was not as popular as this one. She didn't do as well. Um, so she was also considered a box office flop to the point where, get this, so this movie was made by uh, Warner Brothers. And so were um, the sequel and both spin offs. But apparently, after Ninjago in the second movie bombed, um, Warner Brothers actually decided to let their uh, movie licensing rights to Lego expire. So Warner Brothers no longer owns the movie rights to Lego. Jeez, okay, well that's over. Yeah, but you want to know who did get the Lego movie rights? Who? It was Universal. Really? Okay. Yes, so I believe as of right now, Universal currently owns the movie rights to Lego. So if there were to be any future Lego movies, they'd be Universal, not Warner Brothers. Interesting. But I think what happens, though, is I think Warner Brothers still owns any original characters that made for these movies. So I think that, like, I mean, Wild Style um, and all of them. So I think that means yeah. if there's to be a new Lego movie, I don't think Universal can use those characters. Yeah, it would have to be a new, new Which thing. Probably, which is probably why there's no new Lego movie coming out. But we'll see. Universal yeah. might do something. But I feel like if they're not going to use those characters, they're going to try to distance, like, through time themselves from this Lego movie. Yeah. So that's our background. So now, Kate, I'm going to ask you this question. What's your history with Legos? Okay. So I really honestly don't have much of a history with Legos. I know it's shocking. Um, I used to have, like, the, I have a lot of, like, the toddler ones, you know, the ones made for toddlers that are really Oh, cool. the Duplo? Yeah. I, so, I used those when I was little. Um, I don't know, I was never bought Lego sets. They're super interesting to me, but nobody ever bought me a Lego set, so I, I don't know. But one of these days, I need to get a Lego set and, and put it together, because... I, I, again, I played with the big ones when I was little, but, yeah. Anyway, how about you? Um, I kind of have a similar story to that. I do remember having the big ones. I think I actually had, um, I think I had a, like, Duplo Winnie the Pooh set, actually, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, 
but then growing up, I didn't have many Legos because I think my issue was because I was a child and I didn't want to sit still for like one five minutes. Um, and you know, Lego sets come with like a million pieces that you get all these structures put together and everything. I think I never finished one because I always got like bored. Not bored, but I always got impatient and just moved on to something else. Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of patience. They really do. Because, like, especially, like, nowadays, because, like, everything gets a Lego set now, if you're doing something really, like, detailed or whatever, it's, like, it, it says on the box how many pieces are in there, and it's, like, one Lego set could take you, like, almost a whole day to make, because, like, you know, there's so many of the pieces, the little ones, they're making one tiny piece of a bigger thing, but, like, so, like you said, I'd love to get a Lego set now. We should do that. We should get yeah. a Lego set and put it together. Good, absolutely. Let's, we, yes, we definitely do. A Lego set build it. Yeah, let's get us. Uh, you cut out. Oh, I said let's get us a Lego set. See if we have the perseverance and patience as a Yes, a doll. I mean, um, I think it might be a little easier just because there's two of us as a group, yeah. as opposed to trying to do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's how a lot of kids get into it is they have somebody to do it with them. Mm-hmm. Or, because like, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, Lego first came on to the scene like real, real early on. It's, uh. It's, let me look actually. Let me go to the oh, Wikipedia page. Yeah, literally, Lego first came on the scene in 1949. Can you believe that? Wow, that was a while ago. And it's still going strong today. And nowadays, like I said, ev- everything has a Lego set now. Like, you get Disney Lego sets, you get Harry Potter Lego sets, you get Lord of the Rings, you get, you get like Stranger Things, I think, has a Lego set now. I think even just, I think even recently, the Muppets actually got a Lego set. It's like everything you can think of, there's a Lego set for it. There really is. It's ridiculous. Um, back in March, I was at Disney Springs and I went into the Lego store and just seeing the amount of different franchises and brands that had a Lego set or several Lego sets attached to them was crazy. I remember there was a whole, you know, now Disney's trying to capitalize on Star Wars with, their, with the... Um, the Star Wars part of Hollywood Studios, and uh, there was like so many different Star Wars sets, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we should like, but you know what? You know what they should make Lego sets out of? They should make Lego sets of theme park rides. They seriously should. I Expedition Everest. Oh my god! Then we could finally fix the Yeti. <laughs> Oh my god, we can fix the Yeti. Yes. Yeah, I'm honestly shocked that hasn't happened yet. Like not I'm like, um I know. I gave it a Google and nothing's coming up. So yeah, that's wild. That should be what they do next. They could the thing is because like Lego works with everyone, they can make Disney and Universal rides. That'd be fun. Dude, Lego Velocicoaster. Oh my god, yes. Lego, steal this, but don't steal this. Like, pay us some money for the idea. Use this, please. 
Uh, like, at least give us a free set of whatever you Yeah, for something, yeah. Like, again, give me that, like, Expedition Everest or Velocicoaster or something. We'll call it good. <laughs> Lego Forbidden Journey, and they can actually make the thing move, like the bench. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Lego, we're waiting. We're waiting. You, you could get... We're waiting. We could uh, make some customers out of Jake and I. Truly. Because now we're in the market to buy one. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the old age of 24. Well, yeah, right. Um, I mean, yeah, Lego's huge. I mean, Lego even has a theme park of its own. They do. We gotta go to Legoland sometime. I've never been. Legoland. I, I know it's like, I think Legoland's a little bit more aimed at like families and little kids, but like, I'm sure there's still stuff we can do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, COVID. Uh, but yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our history with Lego, and we also just Shark Tank something real quick. Yeah. Like, I don't know who the CEO of Lego is, but like, there you go, do it. It's like everything else has a Lego set. Why not this? Right. I mean, there are a lot of theme park nerds out there. Have you seen YouTube? Oh my god, you know that's like ninety percent of what I do on what I watch on YouTube is theme park nerds. God, I love theme park nerd YouTube. But anyway, I, mean, that's how, I would say that's how I learned about a lot of stuff I told you about when we were in the parks. Honestly, okay, this is so random, but <clears throat> for our listeners, yesterday Jake sent me this video of like the worst food. I think was it Disney? Oh no, it was All Ears. Um, yeah, it was All Ears But shout it was, <laughs> yeah, shout out All Ears. But it was the worst foods at Disney World, and they have this hot dog with peanut butter and jelly on it. And even as someone whose sense of taste is slightly diminished from the COVID, I was like, Ugh. but you know, still fun to watch, still good to know what what's up. Yeah, it's like now we know what to avoid. <laughs> yeah, sounds icky, but anyway. Anyway, but yeah, so that's Legos. But now it's time to get to the main part of this episode. Kate, are you ready to get into the plot of the Lego Movie? Yes, I am. I don't know how much I'll be able to contribute. It was my first time watching it, and I was like, what is going on half the time? But yes, yes, I am. All right, so let's get into this. So we begin in a cave of some kind, and we meet the wizard Vitruvius, who is protecting a secret weapon known as the Kraggle. Ooh, the craggle. <laughs> yes. Um, but but as he's trying to protect this weapon, Lord of Business arrives. Lord Business is after the craggle because he wants to use it to basically like destroy the universe, is what they say. Yeah. And Lord Business is like, yeah, he's a businessman, but he's also evil. So he's got like this helmet and cape and these really long stilts and beautiful collar. <laughs> yep. He's it's, very confused. I don't want... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say it's a look. It's a look. And I do want to preface everything right now by saying, now, when we describe this, you got to remember, everything's made of Legos, and all the characters are, like, little Lego guys. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is, is not lego until a certain point in the movie, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there, yes. So, um, Lord Business is successful 
and retrieving the craggle, and he like shoots Vitruvius in the face or something, and he blinds him, I guess. I don't know, they kind of go back and forth on whether he's actually blind, but I think he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of... I took it as he... Yeah. Yeah, he blinded him. <laughs> um, but before Lord Business can leave with the craggle, Vitruvius tells him of the prophecy. Yes, the prophecy, which drives this whole film. Because, why not? <laughs> um, the prophecy is basically that um, there is one person who will be able to find the piece of resistance and will be able to stop Lord Business's evil plan. And that person is the special. Yes, the special. Da, da, da. And Lord Business is like, you made that up. I'm leaving. Bye. And he like yeah. kicks him off the cliff or something. Yeah. And then we cut eight and a half years later. And we are now in Bricksburg. And we meet our main character, Emmett Verkowski. How would you describe Emmett? Um, he's, <coughs> he's very like, he, well, first off, he's a construction worker, Lego. So like, mm-hmm. there's that. But he's very complacent. He does everything he's told to do, and he doesn't question it. And mm-hmm. at one point, a little later in the movie, they go into the, his brain and, like, see nothing. And that's kind of how you have to think of him at the start of the movie. Yeah, he's just very complacent. He does whatever he's told. Just like everyone else in Vicksburg. You know, they watch the show, same show every night. They uh, uh, root for this local sports team every time, even though, like, they don't know what sport they're playing. Uh, they listen to the same catchy music, which is um, the song Everything is Awesome, which is like the theme song for this movie. And I know um, when it got released, I think it kind of went through like a mini let it go phase where like a lot of people were playing it all the time and people kind of got tired of it. But I still think it's kind of fun. And of course, you know, you don't question President Business. Yes, President Business. And I was going to say about the song, I think it is a catchy song, but if I had kids, I think I would have gotten sick of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think a lot of people with kids, yeah. much like Let It Go, it got played yeah. way too much for them. Oh, gosh, yeah. That is one thing I'm not looking forward to about parenting one day. But anywho, President Business. Yeah, so President Business is on TV, and he's talking about um, Taco Tuesday. You know, because the important things. I mean, you know, everyone's looking forward to Taco Tuesday. Actually, I kind of love about this because like, I was like, he's got tacos, but they're like a little Lego pair with the taco like painted on it, so that's really funny. Yes. But yeah, so Emmett goes to work and he works construction with all the other little construction Lego minifigures. <laughs> And we just get, you know, shots of Bricksburg, you know, it's a nice Lego city. And Emmett's trying his best to kind of fit in with everyone else. He's trying to talk about the same things they're talking about, but like, and no one's really noticing him. No one's really laying him in on the conversation. Um, but we also learned that in Bricksburg, all the constru- uh, construction workers, you know, they build the same buildings every day because they follow the same instructions every day. They never deviate. And then come the end of the day, um, everyone's going home or like out to like sports bar or whatever for the night and like Emma's about to follow them, but then um he notices something. And what is it, Kate? He notices like he hears a whoosh first off. Yes. 
That's what he says. I heard a whoosh. Yeah, he's like, I heard a whoosh. And then he, he turns around and sees, like, this, like, cloaked figure. And he's like, I have to report any suspicious activity. And he, like, whips out this phone, but then the figure takes down the cloak. And who is it, Jake? It's a wild side. And he's totally mesmerized. He's like, like oh my god. It's like, oh. yeah, it's like how in, like, movies where, like, the girl takes off her hat or whatever, her helmet, or she has a motorcycle for some reason, and they're doing the thing where, like, she's moving her head to, like, get her hair out of the face, but because she's a Lego figure, it's just, like, her head moving, and, like, kind of rotational, and then her hair is just, like, <laughs> moving, like, yeah. clockwise. But it's really funny. I do like how they um, really use the medium of Lego. Yes. Yeah, it's so funny. At the very, very beginning of the movie, uh, Emmett, in like a montage scene, like Emmett does jumping jacks. Maybe it was right before the montage, but either way. Um, But they're like, his legs can't move to the side, so it's like not a jumping jack. Um, Like his legs just go out. (laughs) Yeah, so they just like really utilize that medium. But anyway, he's totally mesmerized. Um, but then he falls down a really, really long ditch, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like it goes down and down and down. He like trips over something, I think. And he, he continues like falling down and down and down underground. And what does he find underground? He finds this mysterious red piece. It's actually the piece of resistance that um, the crew is spoke of. And he's like, I feel compelled to touch this. And then he just touches it, and we flash to a new scene. Yeah, because he goes, yeah, he touches it, but he has, like, these crazy visions of, like, stuff. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Emmett wakens at the police station. He's handcuffed, and he's like, what's going on? And this is where we meet uh, bad cop slash good cop. Yes, an interesting character. Yeah. Because we first meet him as bad cop, and he's interrogating him. He's like, why do you have the piece of resistance? What do you know? And it's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And bad cop is like, then how is it stuck to you? And then it's like, what? And it is stuck to him. Yes, it is stuck to his back. But yeah, Emmett has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know what this is. He doesn't know what, what's happening. And he asks, wait, should, if you're the bad cop, shouldn't it be a good cop too? And then, like, it turns around that, or it turns out that the good cop is just the opposite side of the face of the bad cop. Kind of like that one character in The Nightmare Before Christmas that I can't think of the name of. But yeah. Yeah. The mayor. Yeah. Yeah, the mayor. Yeah, so his head spins around and we meet good cop. And he's like, oh, of course, you know, you don't, I, I believe that you don't know anything. And then he switches back to bad cop and he's like, yeah, sure, I believe you. And he's like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take you to the melting chamber. Yeah. So they they do take him to this melting chamber, but he, um, as he is strapped up to get melted, someone comes to his aid. And it's Wildstyle. Again, she's here because I guess she found out somehow that he had the piece. <laughs> yeah, so she somehow, like, manages to like come in and save him and we find out that she is a master builder yes and the master builders um are basically it's explained that the master builders are people who can build 
anything out of Lego without instructions. So they can just think of something off the top of their head and then just make it. Yeah, so she uses those skills to um, help evacuate Emmett, who she thinks is the special. Um, and she even says, like, you, so you're like the most interesting, amazing person in the universe or something to that effect. And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess that's me. And she's like, good, you can like take over driving and kind of lead from here. Um, and he's like, no, no, I mean, that's not what I meant. But alas, he's still stuck in the driver's seat. So they have montage of them getting away. Um, and then they somehow wind up in the Old West section. Of like, yes. But I don't remember how that happens. So. Okay, so. Basically, yeah. Um, Wild Style is now under the impression that Emmett is special because he has the piece of resistance and it's stuck to him. So she thinks he's also like a master builder. And like, um, since they. So she builds a motorcycle being to get away. And in order to get away from Bad Cop and his forces, they drive to the outskirts of uh, Bricksburg, which Emmett's never been to. And they find. They go through this tunnel that opens up. And when they go through this tunnel, yeah, they end up in the Old West. So um, they've evaded capture, and a bad cop has to go report to uh, President Roosevelt. Before he does that, we get a little lowdown about how they're in the Old West. So basically, Wildstyle explains to Emmett that there are many realms in the Lego universe. There's like Medieval Town, there's Cowboy Town, there's like Space Town, there's a bunch of licensed properties we don't talk about. <laughs> And there's Bricksburg. So she explains the backstory. Like, many years ago, the residents of the realms all hung out and built stuff together. But for some reason, uh, Lord Business did not like that people were building things without instruction. So he, uh, he built walls to divide the realms. And now he has plans to use the Kraggle to destroy the universe. Because he doesn't like that people are building without instructions. Yeah, which seems a little bit like extreme, but I don't know how that was going to solve his problems, but all right. We have a motive. Yeah. So, Wildstein has like immediately fallen for Wildstein. Yeah. And she's like, like, no, I have a boyfriend and it's serious. And he's like, okay then. Okay. So they need to go meet up with Ivatrus uh, at the saloon. But while this is happening, Bad Cop has to report to uh, President Business at his office, which is this really tall building in Bricksburg. And we see that like everyone working there is like a robot. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of creepy. Good vibes. Yeah. Um, so he goes up there. And he explains that the special down the way. And at first, President Business is all like, oh, well, isn't that bad? Well, you know, let me show you what I'm working on. And he shows him the craggle. And Kate, what does the craggle do? It freezes people. <laughs> yes. And how does he show Bad Cop how it does that? How does he show Bad Cop? I can't. I think I blanked out for this part. Um, that's okay. What happens is President Business brings in his parents, Bad Cop's parents. Yes, okay, yeah, sorry. Yes, he does. So, like, he's, like, because this is also his test to see if Bad Cop is going to stay loyal to him or not, because he still has good cop 
inside of him, you know? Right. So he's like, we gotta make sure you will be loyal to me. So, like, treat your parents. And at first, he's good cop. He's like, no, I don't want to. So then what eventually happens is, I think, don't they take, like, water and a rag or something? Because Lord Business has all these, like, real-life items, like a battery and a coin and stuff for some reason. But he calls them relics. Yeah. So he takes, like, I think, like, a wet rag or something. He literally, like, wash, wipes good cop's face off of bad cop. Yeah, yeah. Good cop is gone, at least for the time being. Yes, so then bad cop is fully in control, and he goes through with it, and he freezes his parents. Da, da, da. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the plan. They're going to freeze all of the universe. Ooh. So yeah. we come back to the Old West. <laughs> yeah. Now we're back to the Old West. And they go to find, um, oh, what is his name? I'm sorry, I, I have COVID brain. Um, Vitruvius. Vitruvius at the saloon. Um, and when Wildstyle approaches him, she's, she's like, he's like, aren't you the, are my old prodigy who kept changing her name? And she gets like, yeah. Weird. She's like, let's not talk about her name. But anyway, she's like, I brought the special. So then they go up to the attic. And this is where um, Vitruvius explains that the special is the, you know, coolest, most important person in the universe, and he's going to help them stop Lord Business and bring the universe back to what it was like. And so, in order to test his skills, because the, uh, the, the special is supposed to be a master builder, he tells Emmett to try and make something, and Emmett's like, do you got instructions? Yeah, she's like, just do something easy, like a race car or something, and he's like, uh, I can't give out instructions. So then they somehow go into his brain, Yes. It's like empty. And, um, but, 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 Vitruvius? Is that it? I can't, God, I don't know. Yeah, Vitruvius. Yes, my brain is functioning, I swear. Um, but he's like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, like anyone can be a master builder. Like, you, you found the space to, like, that you can have, like, visions because you don't have. Anything to distract yourself from because you're so empty. Yeah, but we do see he actually did have one like creative idea. That was the double decker couch. We love the double decker couch. It's so stupid. It's 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 so dumb. It's good. Oh, it's basically yeah. a bed with couches. <laughs> yeah, it's like one couch like connected to another one with like ladders. Yes. Which I'm not sure how well that would work in real life because you need some sturdy ladders. No, and I thought I thought the the probably like biggest point against it, as somebody brought up in the movie, was like feet dangling for the people on um, the level. But alas, I mean it's basically just Lauren then. <laughs> I know I thought the same thing actually. It is yeah. like you gotta get if you ever go on Soren at Disney, try to get Rogue One. But yeah, otherwise you can have feet dangling. If you go, if you, however, oh my, <coughs> pardon me, I did do one in Washington State that was like a knockoff of some, and like row three was the best, so you do never yeah. know. Or in at Disney, row one. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, they see the double-decker couch, and they're like, nobody's hopeless, but then they see that Emmett had a vision of who they call the man upstairs. Yes. 
And that's kind of what convinces the trivia is that, no, Emmett, you do have potential. We just have to train you. But um, before they can really start the training, who shows up at the saloon? Shows up at the saloon. Oh, yeah, bad cop, duh. He comes after them. Yep, because he's being sent to destroy the special. And they're like, okay, never mind. Spanning will have it later. We gotta go. Yeah. So, like, um, Wild Style built, like, a kind of like a car thing for them to get away in. But there's a lot of um, robots and stuff after them. So this is where um, they try and have Emmett build something, which is still not... Yeah, he does very poorly. Yeah, to the point where, like, they're now on a train, I believe, and uh, uh, Bad Cop's about to ram into them. And then, at one point, they actually... No, actually, at one point, while they're still in the car thing, one of the, like, wheels gets taken off, but they have an extra one, so they tell Emmett, find something to put... Find something that can um, rotate and put the wheel on. And he has the genius idea to take his little hairpiece off and put it on his head. Yes, he uses his head. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's another scene to show that he does have potential. But yeah, they do end up on a train, and Badcock's about to get them. And he is about to get them, but then who shows up to save them? Sorry, you cut out there. Oh, sorry. It's like they're on the train, and Badcock's about to get them, but then who shows up to save them? God, my COVID brain is bad. I swear I watch this movie. No, it's fine. Okay. Just, it's, um, I think I, I was coughing for so much of this. That, like... That's okay. Um, but yeah, it's um, Batman. Oh, duh, it's Batman because it's uh, it's his... It's um, Wild Style's boyfriend is Batman. Yes. This is where, yes, this is where we learn that Wild Style is dating Batman. Yes. He, like, so, she's like, babe! <laughs> and they're like, what? And he's like, She's like, oh, this is my boyfriend, Batman. You know, like you do. You know, just casually dating so, Batman. So that's, uh, <laughs> that, that was funny. Um, she, uh, Emmett's like, your boyfriend is Batman? Um, and then he, like, somehow leaves the uh, Batmobile or whatever they're traveling with to, like, go after Bad Cop, but then, like, can come back right away because, you know, he's Batman. Yeah. Definitely. So then, what ends up happening is they drive into the sun, but it's actually the tunnel to get to the next realm, which is Middle Zealand. Yes. Which I think is a Lord of the Rings reference, because Middle Earth, but yes. then all the Lord yep. of the Rings were filmed in New Zealand. Yep. And they were like, um, yeah, like making all these references to like all this medieval stuff, um, and like a um, like some sort of mythical creature just kind of swoops out of the sky and shows it's a little bit dangerous there. Yeah, but they're not staying for long because their actual location is uh, Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yes. But in order to get there, they have to find a rainbow. So that's why they're in Middle Zealand because that's where the rainbow is. Yes. So that they literally just drive up a rainbow like it's a road. Which, you know, that as you do. To get to Cloud yes. Land. Which is literally, they enter it through a cloud, and this place is crazy. There's it's bright colors everywhere, they're living on clouds, there's music, there's dancing, there's all kinds of stuff. Yes. And um, and this is where they meet, oh god, what is her name? Again, COVID brain. I am just all over the place today. Unikitty. Unikitty, oh my god. 
who is always positive and so excited about her home and everything and just her personality trait is being an optimist. Yes, and also, so here's a fun fact about Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, apparently, Cloud Cuckoo Land is like an actual term people will use about something. Really? Yeah, I looked this up. So this is from Merriam-Webster, you know, our phase. <laughs> yes. And it says here, the definition of Cloud Cuckoo Land is a realm of fantasy or of whimsical or foolish behavior. Interesting. Yeah, I and didn't yeah, know so the first, the first known use of Cloud Cuckoo Land came in 1899, believe it or not. I, I've literally never heard of this ever before. That's interesting. Yeah, and it kind of works, especially here in the sense of this movie, because Unikitty basically explains that in this realm, there's no bedtime, no babysitters, no logic, no and no negativity. And while so, like, he just said no like four times, he said, and no consistency. Yeah. So she explains everything that goes on with Cloud Cuckoo Land. Um, but the, the um, I was going to say the, the peace is not to last. No, because first it's time to meet all the other master builders they have gathered in Cloud Cuckoo Land, in the dog, which is really just a Lego dog. <laughs> And they're going to go meet them. So they go in, and that's this is where all of our, like, um, IP cameos are. Yes. Um, so I don't know whose voices were featured here, but we have, like, a ton of different characters. Um, from Dumbledore to um, superheroes, just, like, a slew, a plethora of different... Yeah, some of them, yeah, some of them... That I remember, yeah, we got Dumbledore and Gandalf, so they do a fun joke there where they mix up who's who, because they're both, you know, old wizards. Yeah. Yeah, we got Dumbledore, we got Gandalf, we got Superman, we got Wonder Woman, we got Green Lantern, we got uh, Michelangelo, the artist, we have Michelangelo, the Ninja Turtle, um, there's actually the Green Ninja from Ninjago is there, which I think is a fun little Easter egg. Um, I think Shaq is there, because Shaq has yeah. a Lego. And yeah, so this is just all the all the cameos that came into this movie are right here. So Vitruvius goes, all right, so here's the thing. We all know your business is going to do something evil, but don't worry, because we have found the special. And here he is, he's going to give a really inspiring speech. Okay, Emmett, go. Yeah. Um, and Emmett kind of fails. Yeah, because he's like, um, yeah, it's like I'm supposed to be the special, but I'm really just like a normal background uh, construction man. And everyone's like, really? So they kind of almost have faith in him. And they're all ready to just leave and not do anything, especially because this is where we meet Metalbeard. And Metalbeard is this pirate who has got this giant robot body because he explains that um, a group of master builders tried to stop their business in the past. And what ended up happening is they all got captured except for him. But he was only able to escape with his head. Because, you know, he's a Lego, so he can just come apart. Yeah. So that's why he has this big robot body now, because he used to be just a normal, a normal pirate Lego man. But now he's just this big mess of parts, because it's like, this is what happened when you tried to stop Lord just as before. So between that and Emmett's not-so-great speech, they're like, oh, okay, so we're all just, we're, we are screwed. Yeah, pretty <laughs> But then, 
Yes, but then that's when the piece is no longer there because bad cop arrives. Because apparently there was a tracking device on it this whole time. Yeah, because of course there has to be some way for bad cop to arrive. Yeah, so they just start just destroying Cloud Cuckoo Land. And the entire thing falls apart. Yeah. And they... Oh, gone. Oh, yeah, so yeah, Luna Kitty's, like, you can see she's starting to become upset, but she's like, no, I gotta stay positive, that's my personality. Yeah. So what ends up happening is they end up, um, so our, our team ends up being Emmett, Wildstyle, Vitruvius, um, Batman, Unikitty, um, sorry, Unikitty, and, oh, yeah, I think this is also where they get Benny, the spaceman. Yes, yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we love him. He loves lo- patients. But th- that's our team now. And they start building a submarine because they realize where can we go where they won't spot us. And that's, they're like, underwater. So while the destruction's happening, they build a submarine and they eventually get away in it. Um, and that's when Batcom decides, um, I'm going to go tell uh, Lord, uh, Lord Business that we um, got special. He's, like, at the bottom of the ocean or something. So he leaves, but he tells his drones to, like, scan to make sure he is dead. Which, smart, is not a lot of villains would do that. Right. So they go off, and we see inside the submarine, and we see, well, everyone else helped build the submarine. What did Emmett do? In the submarine? Oh. Yeah. He's like... Isn't he, like... He's building or something? Yeah, he was in a building. He's building his sofa couch. His yeah. couch thing. His, so, yeah, like, his double yeah. couch. His couch... His his bunk bed couch, yeah. Yeah, he built it. And everyone's like, what? When this couch will save the day, you guys. It no, comes. It really will. It's crazy, actually. Yeah. So they're all upset. Unikitty's like losing her crap, but not really, just mentally. Yeah. Um, and Emmett's building the couch. Which, yeah, everyone's like, why would we do that? But then, as that's happening. We cut back to Bricksburg. We cut back to uh, Lord Business's office, and back up informs him. So we kind of, we, I think we got the special. If anything, he's probably dead in the ocean now. And Lord Business is like, right, make sure about that. But while you're doing that, they've captured the other master builders from Clock Cuckoo Land, and they reveal what uh, Lord Business has done with all the master builders. We learn that he's basically strapped them into like these. No, they're not really mind control. He calls it his think tank. Yes, think tank, yeah. Because what he has is he has all the master builders think of things that his um, citizens can build, and then from there he makes the instructions. So it's like, <coughs> so it's like all the things that had instructions for came from the minds of master builders. Yes. Um, so- yeah. Yeah, so they're, like, low-key controlling the world, but not really, because he's the one in control of them. Yeah. So then we cut back to the submarine, and everyone's kind of arguing about what they do now, but um, all of a sudden, the submarine starts to come apart because everyone was kind of building it in their own way. So, like, um, Batman was building into, like, a bat submarine, whereas, like, Unikitty was just making a really, like, brightly colored rainbow one. And Benny was trying to make a spaceship because that's Benny's thing. He always just wants to build spaceships. Yes. He's so, not submarine life. No. So it's starting to come apart. And it's not going well. There's Lego water, which I do love that they even use Legos for water. 
Because, like, when, like, at the beginning of the movie, when Emma's taking, like, a shower, like, these little blue Lego nubs come out and thing. Yes. Yeah, there's, like, little blue Lego nubs coming in through all sides. We're like, oh, no. And then we cut to the top of the water. <laughs> and what comes bobbing out? Isn't it the, um, the, the bunk beds? The yeah, bunk the bunk couch. Bunk bed couches. Yes. Yeah, because we see everyone got inside of them. And they're like, whoa, we survived. Yeah. Way to go, bunk bed couch. Yay. They're like, but well, now we're using retracting of the ocean. There's no way someone's going to, oh. And that's where Metal Beard and his ship come by the bottom. Like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. I do love that this movie, like, does it so unironically. Like, they just have someone scoop in, like, exactly what needed to progress the plot and in a way that's very purposeful and deliberate and wants you to recognize it and I think that's so much fun. No, it's it's the fun way to do meta humor. Yes. And we see that again on his ship in a second but for now they get on his ship um, and they're like okay um, what can we do from here? And that's when Emmett's like so here's the thing you're all master builders. You all have this amazing creativity, but you don't know how to work as a team. So Emmett comes up with a plan of, like, the only way we're going to sneak into Lord Business's office is just to do the opposite of what he thinks we're going to do. So he's going to expect us to show up in, like, something really creatively made. But what we need to do is we need to make something using instructions. Yeah. So. so oh, come on. I'm sorry, I was gonna say so like um so Emmett ends up with giving them the instructions to build a spaceship that looks exactly like all the other like cargo ships that come into the office. So they start building one. But then they realize at the end this thing needs a hyperdrive. And they don't have a hyperdrive. But then we get some trademarked characters to give them a hyperdrive. So what shows up but the Millennium Falcon? Oh my god, yeah, the Millennium Falcon. It's got Han and C-3PO and R2-D2 and Lando. And Batman seems like he's going to ditch them to hang out with the Star Wars crew for a second. And he's like, is... Oh god. And he's like, oh, they, well, I'm leaving by with Wildstyle's like, but me. And then you think that Batman and Wildstyle just had a breakup scene, but guess what? They did it, but Emmett doesn't know this, so he's just like, gosh, Batman sucks. You, like, deserve the best. And then we see Batman literally on the ship one second later. Yeah, and he has, he's taken the hyperdrive from the Millennium Falcon, which is the, it cuts to a really funny scene of them getting eaten by, like, that sandworm thing. Yeah, the thing that they avoid because of the hyperdrive and the, or whatever it is in the movie. Yeah. So they have a hyperdrive now, and I guess Batman and Wild Style are not broken up. Yeah. Yes. So they have so, all the components that they need for the ship. So they go, and they do the thing where they're like, I'm explaining the plan, but like the plan's happening at the same time, you know? Yeah. So what they have happen is they have Benny and Metal Beard sneak into the control room to lower the shield around the dragon. They have uh, Batman and Unikitty, but Batman is Bruce Wayne, because, spoiler, Batman's Bruce Wayne, which they do do a funny thing where Batman's like, well, I, I don't know Bruce Wayne, but who's that? Yeah. 
but then they're like, um, dude. Yeah, so um, Batman, as Bruce Wayne, it's Junikitty, go to Lord um, Business's, like, meeting room, and they convince him to make a last-minute adjustment to the Fraggle, so that they can get some extra time, um, and then I believe, oh yeah, it's funny, because they just have Vitruvius stand guard, which is hilarious because he's blind. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, stands facing a wall. <laughs> yeah. And then, I believe, Wild Style, her role is that her, oh, her and Emmett are going to go and um, put the piece of resistance on the crack and stop it. So they're going to, like, the vent, and then they make it to the craggle where it's being held. And they're having this moment, and Wild Style, they're like, you know, Emmett, you really are a nice guy, you know, you're um, despite like not thinking that you're special, you are still special. And what she does is she tells Emmett her real name. Yes, she does. Which I want to say, God, what is was her name? I don't want to get her name wrong. <laughs> it's Lucy. Lucy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So she. So like, yeah. Is... She hasn't called like Batman yet. That that yet. So he like comes back in. Well, Who's Lucy? Um, yeah, because as they're having this like emotional moment, Batman shows up. He's like, "Yeah, I left the kitty by herself to keep them distracted." Um, so I'm gonna help you do this. Um, but like, I don't know the implications that she hasn't told Batman, or like maybe she has, but he didn't care. Yeah, that's true. But still, yeah. So now we know Wild Style is actually Lucy. So they say what they're gonna do is um. Um, now, uh, Wild Style is going to cause distraction to the guards outside the um, the room, so that way Batman and Emmett can get the piece on quicker. So she leaves to do that. Meanwhile, Benny and Metal Beer, well, Benny is having trouble getting the shield to finally go down because he's from like because he's a 1980s spaceman who doesn't know modern technology. Yeah, he's really good with the stuff in the 1980s, but. He keeps saying stuff like it's a play on like voice activated systems just like not working and getting your words wrong. And eventually the pirate says something like that doesn't sound like what they he's asking the computer to do at all, but the computer gets it. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. So that's when Emmett mm-hmm. and Batman go in and they take out the guards and they're just about to put the piece on the craggle when the shield goes back up. <laughs> appears all hope was lost because Bad Cop and Lord Business have caught them. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So they've been caught. Yeah. Yep. So President Business brings them all to the think tank where he's going to, you know, put all the rest of the master builders in the in the think tank and he's going to destroy Emmy. <clears throat> and that's when Vitruvius comes clean and goes, yeah, I actually did just make the prophecy up. Yeah. And then he gets decapitated with a penny. Yeah, because he was going to tell him it's something really important. He's like, even though I made the prophecy up, and then yeah, Lord, Lord Business kills him with a penny via decapitation, but because it's Lego, it's not like gruesome or anything. Yeah. But it also makes you think. Because apparently Metal Beard survives just the head, but I guess the Trivius can't. I guess just if he was so violently, I don't know. They're, they just it made it worked for the plot. Yeah, so Trivius is dead. 
because Vitruvius also like says part of the spiel after he's decapitated, but then his eyes just turn to axes. So, yeah, that's how he needs to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so now all of this is lost because it is now time for Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, on the master bill. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go on. Oh, no, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, aka the day of doom. Yeah, pretty much. Because now, Wild Style and all the rest of the Master Builders are in the Think Tank, and Emmett's like, he's like tied to a battery. Um, because, uh, uh, um, Lord Business says, so now you're going to take a front row seat to watch everyone you love be frozen. He's like, no. Because he also takes the piece of resistance and throws it into what they call the abyss, which is just a black hole in the bottom of, like, the world, apparently. Yeah. But then he's, but then, um, like, I think Wildstyle says something inspirational to him or whatever. I can't even remember, but I know that he jumps. He's like, I'm, I can save the world. And he, like, jumps off of the thing into the abyss with everything. Yes, so, yeah, Lord Business goes to start using the Crackle, but as he does so, he actually leaves Babcock behind. He literally, like, last minute betrays him. He's like, I'm going to leave you to die now, bye. Yeah, yeah, because he's a total jerk. Yes, and Babcock's like, oh, no. Yeah, and it's watching as he's freezing everyone, and he goes, no, this can't be how it ends. And he turns to, to uh, Milestone, and he's like, listen, I gotta go do this, but I know you can help as well. So then he breaks out of his restraints again, jumps into the abyss, and Lucy's like, no! But then, like, gives her enough strength to actually break out of the think tank, and she starts breaking everyone else out. So, she goes to this television studio that Business was using, and she records, not records, but she sends a message out to everyone of Bricksburg, and she's like, listen, I was inspired by Emmett, who you all didn't know because he was always the background, but he had a creativity that I never saw before, and I think if he has it, you do too. So she basically rallies everyone to start building things of their own imaginations to help fight against uh, Lord Business. Yes. And in the meantime, Emmett is in the abyss, a.k.a. the real world. Yeah, I was going to say, were you expecting this? I was not expecting this. I had come to the realization of, like, oh, it just takes place in the Lego universe, but never mind. No, because Emmett, yeah, he ends up in the real world. He's, like, an actual Lego guy. He can't, like, he can't move and he can't talk. He only has, like, an internal monologue. And what did we learn about the Lego universe? That it is, okay, so they're, first we're just exposed to this kid, but it's somebody's massive Lego, like, absolutely massive Lego collection that they have in their basement. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what we learned. So we learned that, okay, there's this kid, he's playing with these Legos that's a part of this, like, yeah, this giant Lego collection that's been, like, perfectly built out in this person's basement. And that's when... The actual legit Will Ferrell shows up. Yeah, I was really confused at first. I was like, is that Will Ferrell? Alas, it was. It was Will Ferrell. Yeah, because we learned that Will Ferrell is this kid's dad. But we learned that he doesn't like his son playing with his Legos. Yeah, like apparently his son has a few Legos of his own, but 
he is a hardcore Lego builder, um, and he doesn't want his son messing with his perfect collection. Yeah, so that's what we learned with the, the Crackle's true nature. It's crazy glue. Crazy glue in order to keep everything in order in his Lego universe. Yeah, they have this conversation where it's like, um, it's trying to explain, like, it's, he, he likes um, building things out of, like, multiple different sets because you can make something new. But Dad's like, no, that's not how you do it. And now I'm going to just glue all my Legos down so you can never do it again. And Emmett's like, no, if he does that, all my friends will be frozen forever. So Emmett, like, wills himself to move somehow. Yeah, which I'm like, um, if I were Will Ferrell seeing that, I would suddenly think my house is haunted. Yeah, seriously, though. So he gets, he moves. He literally, like, you see the little Lego man on the table move. It's crazy. Yeah. And that gets the attention of the sun. And then, um, I think what ends up happening is the son tells the dad something, so the dad gets up to go check on something, and what the son ends up doing is he grabs Emmett, because we learned that pretty much the entire movie has been a little story that the son's been playing out, really. Yeah. So what he does is he grabs this, like, tube that he's got, like, glitter and stuff all in, and he's in it, and what that means in Lego Universe, that means he's going back to Lego Universe. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. So, yeah, it's crazy. So while he's gone, though, um, everyone's fighting against Lord of Business. And, you know, um, this is also where we get um, Unikitty finally just letting her anger out. Yeah. And she destroys some stuff, which is fun to watch. Yeah, but it's not looking good because now it appears they are lost and they are surrounded by Lord Business and his goons. But then Emmett appears back. He's alive. Whoa! And he's like, I know what I need to do. He's got, So he gets to Lord a business office. He gets up to the top floor. And what does he do? He extends his hand. And he's like, he's like, it doesn't have to be like this. Yes, because what we learn is now what's happening is what's happening in Lego universe is mirroring what's happening in the real world. Because the boy is talking to his dad. He's trying to be like, because the dad realizes, like, the bad guy is supposed to be him. Yeah, he's like, oh, your business is me, who's the bad guy. Um, and so they basically, um, what Emmett is saying to Lord Business is what the little boy is saying to his dad. It's like, you don't have to be all about the instruction things to be perfect because the, <laughs> I'm like I'm making this up kind of but it's like he's basically saying like the true fun of Lego is that you can make anything out of them right and this gets the dad to be like okay you know what we can play Legos together and in Lego universe this is Lord Business stepping down being like you're right we can work together and make things together and he's like alright so what we're going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of the craggle um, so he does that. He gets the piece of resistance, puts it on the craggle, and it stops. And the day is, and the base, they save uh, Lord Business. Now, and I'm freeze everyone with like some kind of solution that can do that. I don't remember exactly, but something. But they're all like partying in the <laughs> in the street and in the real world. Um, 
in the real world, the dad and the son are playing Legos, and the dad says, you know, I'm going to have to let your sister play if I let you play. And the kid's like, hey. And then in the Lego world, there's like some in like some ra- very random Lego shop, and so it sounds like a toddler talking. Um, so that yeah, Lego. Yeah, we're here to destroy you all. That's where the movie ends. So that is the Lego movie. Yes, and I will say this right up front. So, the, the, so yeah, the Duplo and Lillian survive because now the sister gets to play too. But assuming because she's a toddler, she has the Duplo, you know, the big ones. Um, yeah. So in universe, they are seen as aliens that are getting invade. But um, I will say in the second movie, this is the setup for the second movie because this is the plot of the second movie is they fight the aliens. Oh my god! But yeah, that's the Lego movie. Yeah, I might have to see that out of curiosity. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, I want to say overall, it's not as, like, I won't say it's not as good, but I would say it's probably not as fun as this one, because I feel like you're trying to do a little bit too much in that one, but it is fun. Um, but yeah, that's the Lego movie, so Kate, what are your final thoughts, and what's your rating of this? Well, I did think it was really fun. Um, I think it's a really fun family movie because there is something for everyone. Um, that said, well, first off, I obviously have, like, the hardest time following things right now because, like, COVID brain fog. Um, and so sometimes it felt a little random for me, but that also could just be the time that I'm watching it, that, like, I was watching it. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really ingenious because it did really feel like a plot that, like, a child would have made um, while playing. So I thought the writing was really good there. Um, overall, I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, how about you, Jake? Yeah, this is like overall, it's a fun movie. It's a fun time. Like, it's really just ingenious with how they use the brand and just, especially the medium. Because uh, we also forgot to say at one point, um, Bad Cop had to be betrayed. He grabs a marker and scribbles good cop's face back on him. Yes. Which I just think is hilarious. Yeah. And like, like I said, the scene with like Wild Sass is be doing the hair flip and it's just her hair piece moving back and forth. I just think this is a really fun use of like Legos and medium, though I don't because it's not stop motion, it's computer animated, but they still they really paid attention to how like a Lego would move. It's really fun. Um yeah, yeah I like it. it it, like it, it uses meta comedy, but it does it in a really fun way. Where like, yeah, surprise! This is all just a kid's imagination playing with his Legos. Why not? Right. Um, you know, I think it's a fun time. But yeah, it is random, especially because like we stop for a minute to get all these little cameos in because why not? Yeah. But overall, it was a fun time. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm a little. I want to give it a nine. Also, I'm gonna give it a nine. That's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of great components with it. And honestly, I might have rated it a little bit higher if I had watched it at a time without, like, brain fog and lack of attention. But, you know, illness. Yeah, definitely. But you know, we don't blame you for illness. But it is a very, like, strongly done film, for sure. Um, and yeah. I think it was a great pick for your birthday. Like, it was a fun yes. time. Yes. 
So very fun. You know, I knew it was gonna be fun. That's why I picked the books. I'm like, it's gonna be fun. I know that. Like you can't go wrong with it. Like it's solid. I might even like rate mine up to seven and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna change it to seven and a half. But yeah, all right, solid. Sweet. Well, all right then, Kate, because um we've reached the end of our little bonus episode. Um, let's just say, oh, that's another thing that happened. So, Kate, where can our lovely listeners find you on social media? <laughs> yes. So as of right now, my Twitter has changed. Maybe I'll get my other one back someday, but who knows? Because um, I was off Twitter for like a solid probably six months, honestly. So what happened was, fun tangent we're going to get into really quick. I got a new phone and I couldn't get into my old Twitter. I couldn't figure out my, it has, it's linked to like some really, really ancient email account. So I just ended up making a new one. So now you can find me on Twitter at Kate's Commentary. Um, and I'm still mm-hmm. random on um, on Instagram. It's a little bit sad for me because all my followers are lost, no longer there, other than like you and a couple other friends. But yeah, um, but it's all good. Woo! Kate's commentary on Twitter. So go give me a follow. Uh, how about you, Jake? Yeah. So living um, on my social media has changed. <laughs> um, but yes, you can follow me on Twitter at jfuller 98 Instagram jfullerart. Um, I will be posting something this week. Very exciting! My first post in almost a year. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Yes. Um, but then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at t s o s n. Follow us on Instagram. Something new pod. Uh, we also have email that starts with the podcast at gmail.com if you're watching that. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and a review. And if you do that, we'll read it live on the show. Um, also, this podcast is distributed on Anchor, which is a podcasting app that allows users to record and distribute podcasts like the very one you're listening to right now. And if you're on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message. And if you do that, listen to a live on the show. One last thing I want to plug real quick. I was recently on our friend it's Juan yes. and Sarah's podcast, Podcast and Planet Weird. Um, yes, for May this year, they had the theme of Muppet Movie May, and I recently joined them to discuss the Muppets from 2011, that movie. So if you want to hear me talk about how much I love the Muppets, you can do that. Um, just look up podcast and playing weird as of right now. It's the most recent episode. Though as the day this goes up, we'll have a new one out, but it'll be the second most recent. But yeah, you can go ahead and do that. If you want to listen to more of me. Yay! But yeah, I think that'll do it for this. Yay! Yeah, I think that'll do it for this special birthday episode. Me. Um Kate, guess I'll take what you want for yours. <laughs> I have a few months. My birthday's in October, so we'll we'll get there. All right, but anyway, that'll do it for us in this special bonus episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We see you next time in our next regular episode. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday.